one of the first recorded cases, well, actually the first recorded case of COVID-19 in America was in Seattle, Washington. They've been able to kind of flatten the curve better than other cities. But listen, it's not over and we're in the midst of it. And I have family and friends there in Seattle. So I wanted to check in with one of my aces to find out how they're doing and how they're maintaining, how they're surviving COVID-19 in Seattle. This is Dawson Eats America, the podcast. Let's go. Full disclosure, Seattle has become one of my favorite cities, and it's all because of one person, really. My friend Michelle Merriweather, who was a California native, moved up to Seattle, Washington five years ago, and the past two years has served as the CEO of the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. I figured I'd check in with her to see the effects of COVID-19 on her constituents and also on the city as a whole. I would introduce it, but let me let her tell it. I am, uh, well, my name is Michelle Merriweather. I have the privilege of serving as the CEO of uh, Will's favorite organization, the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. Um, I have been in Seattle for five years in August, can you believe it? And I've been the CEO for uh, two years. Okay, so you, you, you joined that organization five years ago. Or, but or you started there, but two years ago you became CEO and it was a kind of a thriving city. You guys are metropolitan, yeah. like, you know, like juggernaut, you guys are leading the nation in a lot of areas. So this is one area you did not want to be leading it in. Um, so yeah. how, what, when was the first time you realized that this was going to be something more than just a little tick on the, on, blip on the screen? Oh my goodness. Um, so let me start by saying, uh, we have somebody in our office that um, just, he stays on like what is going on in the world. So when we came back from the Christmas holiday in January, maybe a, a week or so after that, he was like, yo, this thing is going on in China. We need to be aware. So probably late January, we started posting signs in our office, wash your hands, stay at home if you're sick, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then of course, um, the end of January, the first case recorded in the United States happened here. So we were like, okay, you know, it was just one, no big deal. We'll still post signs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then, uh, you know, February was whatever, you know, we knew on the east side in Kirkland, there was a senior center, senior living facility. It was happening there but we all still felt, you know, pretty disconnected to it. But mid-March, early March, actually, when um, when they first, when they shut down Microsoft and Amazon, we were all like, wait a minute, <laughs> something's about to happen, right? Um, and, you know, when they shut down Microsoft and Amazon in Seattle, that's, you might as well shut down Seattle. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's a big chunk of our workforce, especially downtown. Um, so we followed suit. The people that could work from home did. We kind of spaced out um, our work schedules. Um, but a week later, 
when uh, California shut down first, when they shut down Washington, I mean, Seattle went from, like you said, a thriving city um, with a bustling downtown. Downtown now looks like a ghost town. There are um, restaurants and buildings boarded up and uh, one of the organizations that I uh, um, work with actually commissioned artists to paint the board. So it looks kind of you know colorful down there but there is no one down there. Um, and uh, Amazon just announced that they'll be working from home till October, at least. Yeah. So downtown's gonna stay like that for a long time. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been kinda, and I live downtown. Yeah. So it is, um, it's, it's different to well, say the least. I was looking at some stats and you know as of yesterday or this morning or whatever you want to say because you know usually I don't count stuff on Sunday but you, uh, Seattle has had seven or King County has had uh, 7,426 cases with 526 deaths so even though it started there you guys because you practice the social distancing and you shut down at, in a relatively uh, short amount of time, you guys have not felt the brunt like, say, the East Coast has with New York right. or New Jersey. So, yep. I mean, so, but how has it affected the community? Because people can work yep. from home, but if you're not downtown, if you're not in the mix, then people are losing a lot. So, how has it affected your community overall? Well, look, <laughs> um, it uh, it hasn't been it hasn't been good for black folks, especially black and Hispanic people um, and, and Asian people, just people of color, period. Um, yes, uh, only 7,000 people have contracted the, uh, the virus and, you know, far fewer have, have died, but the economic impact for, uh, for us and the impact on our kids that can't go to school uh, and aren't learning because, you know, let's face it, if, they're, if folks are at home with parents who are essential employees and they're still working, don't have a, a high school or college degree, their learning is impacted. Uh, we just ran some, we just got a report saying that the unemployment rate uh, in Seattle, particularly for black folks, is something like 20%. Uh, so majority, uh, I think it might be higher than that, but majority of the people that are um, uh, filing for unemployment are black and brown people in King County where um, are people of color and living uh, in South Seattle uh, as opposed to North. So there's clearly a dividing line, right? Those that are able to work from home and those that uh, have lost their job because they can't work in the restaurants or the hotels or um, or the businesses that have been forced to close. So it's been it's been devastating at the end of the day. Um, <clears throat> and then we also think about yeah, there's only seven thousand cases, but let's think about the ones that haven't been tested, that feared going to the doctor, that unfortunately died at home because they couldn't get tested or have access to care. Uh, Seattle has done, let me, let me also say, Seattle has done, and King County 
have communicated well, have done everything that they can to, uh, to keep us safe and healthy and keep us at home. I think the residents of Seattle and King County have done a great job, um, but some things are just inevitable when you're faced, you know, in uh, times like this. We've shifted quickly. People invested money fast. People invest, you know, donated computers quickly. Um, but still, a lot of people lose and are gonna lose for a long time. So, you know, you were there two years uh, as CEO, and like you said, you inherited a bustling economy and you guys were doing programs that impacted the community. How yeah. you had to, as a CEO, how have you had to pivot during this pandemic? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, my, my life has not slowed down at all. It's just this, all my meetings are virtual. Uh, I have a lot, a lot of communications with uh, King County Public Health um and trying to figure out how to get messaging out to uh, and resources out to our community uh, our work certainly hasn't paused um we just uh have to be creative in how we serve people um, you know a lot of our workforce development work is done virtually we have still have our classes with our kids but they're virtual um uh, we now Two of the biggest challenges that our community faced were access to internet and Wi-Fi. So we worked with uh, folks to try to make that happen and food security. So we have great partners with um, some black owned chefs that we've been supporting and uh, some food banks. And so we have been delivering meals and food to folks that are essential employees and don't have time to shop or can't afford groceries <clears throat> or um, seniors that can't get out of their house. Uh, so we've been trying to, you know, just step in where we can and, and get resources to people when necessary and make sure that they have factual, real information. Uh, starting on the 18th, tomorrow, uh, the um, county has mandated that everybody, when they go outside, of their home into um, public places, the grocery store, et cetera. They have to wear a mask. So we're working on getting um, masks to our homeless populations and um, people that need them so that they're prepared. Uh, and we also opened a, um, a shelter with a church out here to support young people that are experiencing homelessness so they have a safe place to go. How does that work though as a shelter? Because again, you're not gonna be social distancing too much when you're inside that shelter. So what are the precautions that they've had to take with that? Yeah, we did, we spaced the, the beds out. Um, so they have um, at least six feet around them. Um, we uh, offer to wash everybody's clothes when they first get there. We give them masks uh, and, you know, change them out throughout the day. Um, they social distance while they're eating or while they're there as much as possible. Uh, we have showers so they can, you know, stay clean and lots of hand sanitizer and all that stuff. But, and we take temperatures when they come in of, and, and our staff, uh, lots of hand washing and, and uh, we try to keep people as safe as possible. Look, we, we know it's not a perfect science and we know that uh, we can't do everything, you know, 
everybody says that the virus has a mind of its own and it does what it wants to do, but we we got to do what we can to, to try to keep people safe. We also, there's also places throughout the city that support people that either can't quarantine at home or that are experiencing homelessness that they can go if they feel like they have the virus. So um, we, we're also in communication with them um, to, to have places for folks to go and be safe if they have the virus. So we talked about community, but the closest community to you are, are your staff. So as CEO, you're responsible for kind of their well-being and making sure they're okay too. So what are the obstacles or challenges that have come with that? Yeah, you know, my my crew, my uh, my staff, um, they're amazing. They've stepped up in, in ways um, that I never thought that they, they would. I actually, I probably could have thought that they, they, they're great. Um, they want to be helpful and supportive. I mean, a lot of the things that we do are because of them, like the the uh, the food distribution uh, that came from a staff member, the uh, the um, and a few other things, safe lot parking lots and uh, other advocacy initiatives, uh, trying to help you know advocate for folks that are incarcerating are, are incarcerated, getting them out. Um, so you know the, the crew is working really hard to uh, be helpful. They they uh, just want to uh, elevate their work and do as much as they can to help people in community. They're all healthy, knock on wood, um, and their families are healthy. Uh, the biggest challenge I think for us uh, are uh, those of uh, us that have uh, children and them trying to homeschool and keep their kids safe and do their job at the same time uh, so that's the biggest challenge but we have we have made um you know room we this is a you know we're in a pandemic and nothing gonna be perfect you gotta have room for people to um you know be with their families and take care of their fears and just rest and be at peace and so if you need a couple of hours you know at the start of the day or the end of the day or can't work today okay you know we have to leave room for that because and nobody been through anything like this before right so we we leave room for that too yeah uh, as ceo you you know you you were there like you said two years so you probably not by now transform your board into people that you know are going to be active and helpful and so now i have to ask you so you, you definitely have talks with your board all the time now what are what are the steps you guys are taking to to manage it and then uh, talking about uh like a reopening for the city like what what are you going to do when that is when it's time for that that's a good question um Yes, I do have a great board. They're good people. Um, we're just, I'll, t I'll say this. I am not ready for us to open as an office again uh, yet. And it'll be a while um, for, for many reasons. One, we have 50 people that work in a very small office. So we have, you know, three and four people to an office. There's no, no window you know, in, the, in some of those offices. Um, so it just wouldn't be smart um, or in their best interest to uh, have them back to work as normal. Uh, so 
um, you know, well, if and when it comes time to for us to open again, we never close, but we'll have to figure out spacing, um, you know, split schedules. We'll probably have, you know, different office hours. Some people might work from eight to two and then some from 12 to six. I don't really know, uh, but we we have a ways to go before we get there. Our city's still on lockdown, yeah. our state until the 31st. And then we have a slow process of reopening. Technically, we could probably reopen in the in the third step of the four step process, but um, which would, if everything is spaced out properly, could be sometime in July. Uh, but I don't, I, I can't see it the way our office is set up right now to keep people safe and the people that come into our office safe. But we'll see. We're still working on it. One of the unique things that happened with this pandemic is that it started kind of when it was still cold outside. So mm -hmm. it was easier to keep people inside. Now we've seen all the images from across the nation where people are not taking it seriously. They're not social distancing. Mm -hmm. They're out and about like nothing's going on, no mask on. And mm -hmm. so with Seattle, you guys only get like three months of really, really, really great weather. So waiting until July might be a challenge so what do you have to say to those people who might, you know, try to, to jump the gun and try to get out there before it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. You know, we, we, we like, we, we appreciate the sun so much more here in Seattle because we don't get it very often. Oh, no. Right. No. Well, we get it more often than people think, let me say that, yeah. but we appreciate it. Don't shake your head. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate it. Um, so it will be tough. Um, but we, you know, last weekend when it was beautiful, people and they opened the parks back up. People did go to the parks, but they did practice, you know, social distancing or um, keeping space where they can. Um, uh, my understanding is, and I'm not a scientist, but they're less fearful of the disease spreading in, in outside areas. It's inside areas that they're more worried about. So I think. You know, if we are smart and do the things that we know are necessary, we can be outside. We can, you know, we can see the sun uh, and enjoy the outdoors, go on hikes and uh, uh, go to what we call a beach here. Um, you know, I think we can take advantage of it, just, you know, be intelligent about it, which I think the people, you know, here that have have done that are are you know doing it wisely yeah. uh, but i think if we if we prohibit it it'll it'll things will be far worse you know people feel like they can't go outside and they're stuck um it'll be far far worse you know so let people go outside now since i know you personally i know one of the things you miss the most is um going out for a good meal because you are fellow foodie and I am. So that's one of the things that we love to do together in every city we're in. So even when in New Orleans, when we're both visiting or in LA, when we both live there and even with Seattle, when I come to visit, you already got it all, you know, set up for where we're going to go. So I know that's one of the things you miss most. Right? Absolutely. And so I, before we leave, I just wanted to, to, uh, 
just talk about some of the restaurants that we would ex- experience together and the ones that we can't go now. My last podcast episode, I, I wrote letters to all the restaurants I love, told oh. them how much I missed them and the item on their menu that really just makes me want to shed a tear because I can't have it now. So let's start in LA because that's where we both uh, started like together, right? So yeah. what are the restaurants in LA at, back at home that you miss the most? <laughs> that's a long list. I know. Give me, a, um, give me a few. Give me a top three. Uh, so, you know, my my uh, high-end self, Mrs. Providence, you know, uh, and um, let's see, any, everything, Tito's Tacos, you know, on the, the corner spot. Um, where else do I go? My Two Cents, I miss that. Mm-hmm. Black-owned. Uh, Black-owned. Mm-hmm. Black-owned. Um, where else do I go in New Orleans? I mean, in LA. I don't know what what I, everything. You but the first time I've been there, you took me to Takami downtown. Uh, we went there up on, in the penthouse on on the twenty fifth floor. The earthquake. That's where. Yeah. The earthquake. Oh yeah, we we were in there for that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so you you took me there, and I man that lobster roll. I I still have dreams about it. Um, yeah. That was one of my letters that I wrote to them. That and the. Uh, the seared uh, ahi tuna that they have. It's just amazing. Yeah. So that, thank you for that. I wanted to publish. I miss brunch in LA, you know. Oh, just, brunch, yes. Our birthdays and everything. Birthday brunch, oh. fa- you know, father's office burgers. Like, there's, I can, yeah, I can go on forever. Now you went to college in New Orleans. Yeah. Now that is a, a magical uh, food city. Yeah. Uh, so the places, and you go back to visit sometimes. So what are the places there that you still think about sometimes when you're sleeping and having a good job. <laughs> um, I so New Orleans is not necessarily places; it's it's um, particular types of food, right? So um, charboiled oysters. Oh yeah! Uh, oh yeah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Neos or um, Dragos are probably my favorite. Um, again, uh, brunch, of course. So like Lil Dizzy's. There's no way that they'll we'll be able to. That's like a little hole in the wall spot. Suri's Suri's is amazing, but that's probably not going to be the same at ever. Ugh. You know, so many of those places in New Orleans are one mom and pop owned, and then you know small. So I, you know, I, I, I my heart breaks for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just a, you know, a, a good po' boy, uh, shrimp etouffee, which you know, yeah, just. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, you know, New Orleans is, uh, unlike all of us, there's two places that have been, and you know, and a few others, but that have been through devastation and have bounced back and know how to do it right. New Orleans is one of those places, right? Katrina was devastating, took that city apart, and they, uh, you know, came back. Uh, so New Orleans will be all right. New York will be all right. They've been through this before. Um, It'll just take a little, take a little while, right? My fear with New York is that because everybody lives on top of each other and because the subways are so important, I, I just fear that that virus will never really leave. They're yeah. really just gonna have to figure out a way to to live with it because it's like it's just it's it's too cramped, especially the city. It's too cramped for people to just be all right, you know, going forward. Like they're just really gonna have to deal with. Uh, just have to learn how to live with it. I think we all will. We all will. New York, New York. Um, uh, you know, 
Chicago, places with population density where people live up um, will have a, a harder time for sure. Uh, but we are we are definitely resilient and we'll, we'll and creative, mm -hmm. and we'll figure out a way. Because you know, my fear is people tell us we'll have a vaccine or whatever by the end of the year. I don't believe that. It'll it'll be a while. Uh, we just have to create a new normal, right? We are not going back to we're not going back to brunch like we used to. We're not you know going to restaurants like we used to, but we will we'll, we'll go back. We'll figure out a way. Uh, we'll we'll figure out a way to educate our kids that's safe for them um, and their families and grandma and grandpa. But you know we just. We just need time. This this thing happened overnight, literally shut us down overnight. And unfortunately, we're not gonna get back to normal overnight, but who, the, that normal didn't serve everybody anyway. Yeah. Right? We need to create, we have the, the time and space to create a society that uh, is more equitable, uh, more responsive to people, um, we have a way, you know, we have the time and space to create a new education system, a new incarceration system, uh, serving people that are experiencing homelessness better. We, I mean, I, I think we would be wasting this uh, if we if we don't do something different. Yeah. So. And, and for the restaurant industry too, that was, a, you know, a vulnerable industry to begin with. Their margins are very slim. Uh, so hopefully, um, my friend, uh, we didn't talk about Seattle restaurants. Yeah, I wanted, I was going to ask you about Seattle. Yeah. My, my friend Eduardo Jordan, um, whose birthday is in a couple days. Yours uh, too. Don't, don't play. Too. Yours too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, he was saying the same thing. He's trying to recreate an environment that is more sustainable. Um, you know, he's doing uh, takeout right now, and one of his restaurants is uh, Solare is a uh, food pantry and uh, um, a community kitchen where he feeds people every day. But he's trying to figure out a way to, to create a, a restaurant that, uh, you know, serves people and gives people the good experience that they want and keep people safe, but also, you know, is sustainable and, you know, viable. Uh, so I think, again, it just, just like every other industry, it's an opportunity to to recreate itself, and and hopefully, um, you know, we can create something that works for everybody. I'll be interested to see what the restaurant industry is able to do. But you know, look, entertainment. Like I don't know what television is going to look like going forward. Um, and and let's talk about Broadway. Like you know, those seats are like right here next to each other. So what are they going to do? in order to be viable again. You saw Hamilton is coming out this year because they're not sure when they're ever going to have theaters open again. They had three companies that they had to put on hold. And now that they re released the movie, nobody's really going to want to go see it live again because they're going to get the experience. You don't think so? I don't, I, I don't, I don't think as many people, because you know, they were sold out for like five years. Yeah. So I don't think they'll be sold out anymore if they do open back up. So it'll be interesting what Broadway does, and uh, you know, all, theater across the country because those seats are, you know, they try to pack as many people in there as possible and that can't be the normal anymore. So it'll be interesting. You know, look, it, it's going to be a learning, it's a learning curve for everybody. And like you said, it's a chance to recreate 
it's a chance to reinvent yeah. and a chance to see what will sustain us going forward. But I know I am not looking forward to seeing Zoom on my television screen in fall. Like I love Zoom, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to see This Is Us with all of them on I want to see, right, exactly. I want to see people. I want to be around people. I want to go to restaurants again and sit outside and and with my friends and have a drink and, you know. Those are the best ones, those six-hour Sunday brunches. I'm just saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can we have that back, please? Oh, soon. I have I have started to cook a lot more. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's but a good. Well, you already threw down in the kitchen, so it's more about you learning more recipes and, yeah. and expanding exactly. what you do already, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I guess you know if there's a silver <laughs> lining to all. If there's a silver lining, yeah. I bought a Peloton bike. It'll be here for my birthday. So okay. There. All right. You have no excuse. Amazon is right there. They better deliver it on time. Cause, you know, <laughs> all my deliveries have been on delay, but that's that's another story. But I listen, I know that this is still we're still in the middle of this. Um, yeah. And like you said, the earliest maybe July when a city could even think about it. But I know that you are working hard. I know that you are being diligent and protecting your staff. Uh, making sure that the community that you serve gets what they need. Uh, and and you know that's all that anybody can ask of you like i said i don't think wayne and uh jackie had a plan for a pandemic uh when they when they brought you on board so listen it's 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 wonderful what you're doing thank Uh, you i I applaud your efforts and i i I, you know i pray that you're able to do everything you need to do going forward to make sure that you guys are on solid ground i appreciate you i miss you i know i miss you too it's been over a year and like my plan was to come out there you know uh this year but maybe next year you know (laughs) we can plan something i don't know but uh but uh thank you for everything you do and thank you for joining me and um uh we got to do this more often at least so we can at least catch up indeed indeed (laughs) i'll see you soon